The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, a recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. The nonprofit Virginia Environmental Justice Collaborative released a map this week detailing the environmental vulnerability of state residents. This project was a partnership with the California Advocacy Group. Patrick Larson has more. Adam Buchholz heads up mapping for environmental justice. MEJ designed the new map of Virginia, which represents people's vulnerability and exposure to pollution in each of the state's census tracts. Buchholz says the map backs up the work of state and local advocates. They've been saying it for a really long time. And so what these these maps can do is they can create a bridge between environmental justice advocates and policymakers. The map comes as Virginia is implementing its 2020 Environmental Justice Act. Renee Hoyos, director of the state's new E. Office agrees that the map gets people's attention and helps them visualize environmental disparities. Patrick Larson, VPM News. Chesterfield teenagers have the opportunity to get vaccinated today. The clinic will be offering Pfizer shots to rising 7th through 12th graders. Johnson & Johnson shots will be available to those 18 and older. Additionally, the Tdap, meningitis, and HPV vaccines will also be offered. A parent or guardian must be present if under 18. The clinic will take place at Rockwood Vaccination Center today from 3 to 7 p.m. There will be another clinic Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon. No registration is required and walk-ups are welcome. Last Friday, Michael Paul Williams was awarded the Pulitzer Prize, the highest honor in journalism. Williams won for his incisive commentaries about Richmond's Confederate monuments. Ian Stewart spoke with him about his award. I don't think I could have done this without the benefit of A, being about 40 years into the business and B, having spent most of my life in Richmond. These were topics and histories that I was familiar with because they weren't new. It just seemed like the world was kind of catching up to them. I've been ranting and railing against Confederate monuments for the better part of the last five years before it seemed like the world... (laughs) suddenly became utterly committed to taking them down, or at least, you know, Richmond did. I I remember the first, they must go, they must come down columns I wrote were in 2015 after Dylan Roof killed nine black churchgoers in Charleston. And at that time, I remember reading the old clips from the the Times Dispatch of when the monument went up and, um, you know, the words of John Mitchell, um, who was very much opposed and just kind of getting all that history. And, 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 and it was more of a celebration of the end of reconstruction and a reassertion of white dominance than it was about anything regarding uh, the civil war other than an attempt to reframe the narrative. So many statues were going up all across the country at that time. It was um, it was all about design. And you will note also by design around the same period the statues were going up and the daughters of the Confederacy have their fingerprints all over both, both the, the monument making and the textbooks for generations of people across the country and in, in, in Virginia made enslavement as benign as possible. Um, 
And these are textbooks that were in Virginia classrooms into the 1970s. We have one major monument left in, in this area to go down. You know, are, are people realizing the breadth and depth of these of these things throughout the city and throughout, you know, other other parts of the state? Well, I know for a fact that people are capable of changing their minds on this subject because I am one of them. I grew up in this town and I didn't spend any time in my formative years thinking much about the monuments. And as an adult, a younger adult, thinking about bringing them down because frankly, the idea seemed implausible. My focus in the 1990s as an opinion writer was on adding diversity and a greater um, breadth of historical reality to Monument Avenue to make it a place where the entire story was just was told and not just a Confederate story. Where do you think we are now after this past year as a region, as a city? We're in a space of interrogation like we haven't had in some time. I mean, it's not just been about monuments. You know, the, the, the relationship with the police department is problematic. Maybe in a way we wouldn't have foreseen before Marcus David Peters was killed by a police officer. I'm thinking back to when um, Rodney Monroe was police chief and the homicides had, and, and, and violent crime to, had dropped tremendously from um, the dark days of the 1990s. And Richmond seemed to be um, a model of community policing. I feel safe in saying that that perspective and, and that relationship has done some backsliding and there has to be some serious repair done and it's not going to be easy. That was Ian Stewart speaking with Michael Paul Williams, the Pulitzer Prize winning columnist for the Richmond Times-Dispatch. To hear more of their conversation and read a transcript, visit vpm.org news. This newscast was recorded on Wednesday, June 16th at 6 p.m. Some of these stories may have changed from the time you've heard them. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.